Amen. God is good. All the, come on, church. God is good. And all the time. My name is David John Phillips. I have the joy and honor of getting to be the pastor here. There's no place I'd rather be, nothing I'd rather be doing. And you guys look great today. It's an honor to get to be your pastor. And um, so thank you for choosing to, to spend your Sunday with us. And if this is your first time, we pray you experience the love of God like never before. Like you encounter his love and walk out of here knowing him more. And the Bible says we love because he first loved us. So if, we, if you know him more, you know his love more, you'll be able to love better. You'll be able to represent his goodness in your home, at your job, better by knowing him. Amen? Awesome. Well, I get the joy and the honor of introducing one of my favorite people. Um, we're continuing the Who We Are series. And we went through our vision, mission, and values the first month, and we got quite a few people who God has gifted this body with. They, they, they have an amazing speaking gift, but they don't just have a gift. They have the character necessary to back it up. You know, there's a difference in speaking with a gift with no character behind it. There's no authority. There's no anointing. There's no, oh, it just sounds good, and it's awesome, but then when the person's really living out what they're saying, well, that's a whole different story. You know, and this person, um, her and her husbands, or her husbands, her uh, <laughs> Lord help me. <laughs> her and her husband are key leaders of this church. One, one husband. As a matter of fact, they're, they're, they're. Y'all can make fun of that one as much as you want. It's funny. It's good to laugh in Jesus. Okay, so uh, they're elders, they're on our elder team, and, and she's just a critical part, but also God has just gifted her, gifted her with the ability to speak from the heart, and I, I know that that's what you're going to hear. Um, she, she puts her heart and soul into it because she lives it, what she says, and, and this is an overflow of what God's been showing her in her walk with, with him, and I know it's going to overflow all over you and impact your life. Amen. So without further ado, Miss Heidi Hunter. Don't leave. While I start talking, will you make it where this doesn't go off? Because I thought I did it, but it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm an elder, but I'm also an elder, so... Pastor, can you help me out here and make it where my screen don't turn off? <laughs> Basically what I said. Good morning, Real Church. What a great day it is today. Um, my name is Heidi Hunter. And I am one of the elders at Real Church. What a blessing. Um, it's really cool to be part. I was thinking about, actually, I was talking to Mariah and Courtney about, thank you, about the different kind of speakers we have. So we have Pastor David, and he's amazing at all things preaching. But we have about four or five people, and like, I was, so I just started going through them. So Mariah, anybody? Listen to Mariah when she preached recently or have heard. Man, that woman's anointed. She's an anointed teacher, right? So when she gets up, like, you're getting the whole package, beginning and end. Everything's all nice and fancy, and, and it's just so good, and it's so deep. Mighty woman of God. 
And then you have Daniel Mannix. Anybody heard Daniel Mannix speak? Daniel is also, to me, a teacher, right? But Mariah says, she's like, yeah, we're both teachers, but I'm more like the elementary school teacher. Daniel's like the college professor. I'm like, you're right, girl. He's up here throwing out scriptures and pulling things out of I don't know where and showing pictures of what angels look like. And I'm like, (gasps) you know, so powerful and so amazing. And then we've got uh, Pastor Courtney, one of my best friends. Um, And Courtney labels herself. She gives the longest introduction, like her whole Almost her whole message is this introduction, and, she, and she'll tell you while she's doing it. I'm introducing it, and I'm doing my introduction, and I know it, and I get it, so hold on. So she does this long introduction, and then bam, you get the word, and then she's like, I'm out. Like, that's it. We're good. So powerful. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm like the testimoniac, because I feel like every time God asks me to speak, I'm given a testimony of what the pastor's been preaching or what other people have been preaching and what God's been doing in my life. Like, I get up, and I'm just like, all I know is Jesus and him crucified. All I know is once I was blind and now I see, and I'm going to share with you my real-life examples of how all of that has happened. I'm the testimonial, testimoniac, so that's me. But anyway, I wanted to um, also give you, hold on one second. Um, I, want you, I want to give you a little short testimony because there's probably a lot of people in here that don't know me. Um, just since I've been coming to Real Church four years ago. Um, so we had lunch at our house with Pastor David and Courtney when we first came. And David's like, this short version. David's like, man, why don't you come and greet? And I'm like, no, man, you know, I'm not, I don't like people. I don't, you, Jerry will, Jerry will greet. Jerry loves being out there. He lo- he's an evangelist. He loves doing all that stuff. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't even like to shake people's hands. Like when they get up and they say, okay, s- you know, stand up and greet the person next to you, I'm sitting in my chair looking down and hoping nobody talks to me. But now if, if God puts somebody in front of me that I love, now I'm going to love them hard. But yeah, I'm not really. So David challenged me with that, and I think I served that first week. Y'all, I realized Jesus loves people. And if I have Jesus in me, I love people. And I went to church for a long time. And I had this belief and this mindset that it was okay to be who I was because I'm more kind of on the prophetic side. And that's how the prophets were. Like, people don't like the prophets. So they can be mean and not really like people, right? That was a lie, and, and, and my favorite thing is serving people now. Like, if you guys come up in this church, I'm out there with my husband, and the, and the bad thing about it all is not only was I like that, I have Mr. Evangelist, who everybody loves, as my husband. I have Santa Claus. Everybody loves Santa Claus. At least all the kids in Pakistan think he's Santa Claus because of his white beard so that made me even look worse but it was so cool and I'm like you ain't the only one now look at me I love people too but anyway so in the in the four years that that I have been growing 
through real church. The message is real, and it's life-changing, and it's God. And I get so excited every single time I come and, and, and get to move and flow. You didn't, it didn't work, but I caught it. Good job. And, and I get to move and flow in that. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about what that looks like. But um, to get started, I need my glasses. Um, you know, when I was thinking about the, uh, the testimony about how I didn't like people, I was thinking about it, and I could almost hear Loretta. So I don't know if you know Le- the people that knew Loretta. She's gone on to be with Jesus, mighty woman of God, too. But I could hear Loretta because anytime we were in a small group or at church, anytime anybody brought up, man, y'all should have seen Heidi when she first came, Loretta would be like, oh, my gosh, she was terrible. She was terrible. She's completely changed. And I swear, y'all, I could, she was out there at the throne room. Oh, man, God, you're going to let her. She was terrible. But God has changed her life. I just wanted to share that. Um, in Matthew 16, 24 to 25, it says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now I asked, um, I hope the scriptures are out there, but the, the passion translation, I wanted to read that because man, it's going to get you. So just listen, read it if it's up there. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject or disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. Offer yourself up to death is basically what that means. As you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Whoa, it got quiet. How excited are you about today's message? <laughs> That's what God's been doing in my life. And I'm like, oh, man. You're going to make me talk about that, but it's so good. So I promise you that if you just let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning, you're going to be blessed because what feels like an awful thing brings so much life, and that's what he's done to me. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that this is your message and that every bit of it is bathed in love because you know what it looks like for us to walk in freedom and in deliverance and what our purpose here on earth is and how the the things that we hold value to are dead and they're not, not even worth anything. But Lord, what you have is so much greater. We welcome you to do what you want in us and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, follower of Jesus, that's a disciple. So pretty much, Jesus was saying, if you want to disciple, if you want to be my disciple, you have to die. Hmm. I mean, that's pretty much what it said to me. Deny yourself, your wants, your emotions, your feelings, everything that you've ever known. If it doesn't line up with God, it's the dead man that died when you became his right? Um, 
In dying to self-life, we discover an abundant life by depending on God, who provides much more than we can imagine. We put others before ourselves, always. Man, he's just been, he's been walking. I just, I, I feel this on the inside of me because he's just walking me through this every single decision that I make. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I, live in, that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, in The Cost of Discipleship says this. I wanted to read it to you. I thought it was amazing. The cross is laid on every Christian. The first Christ suffering which every man must experience is the call to abandon the attachments of the world. It is that dying of the old man which is the result of his encounter with Christ. As we embark upon discipleship, we surrender ourselves to Christ in union with his death. We give over our lives to death. Thus, it begins, the cross is not the terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. It may be a death like that of the first disciples who had to leave their home and work and follow him. Or it may be a death like Luther's who had to leave the monastery and go out into the world. But it's the same death every time. Death in Jesus Christ. The death of the old man at his call. We live in a world right now that is all about living for self. Self-love, self-this, self-that, selfie. Everything is self but the word of God says, die to self. The world is saying, it's all about living to self. The word of God says, I'm calling you to die to self. Many people come to Jesus, but they don't want to do what it takes to be his disciple. Dying to self is never optional in scripture. Die to self, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. That's what he says. Recently, um, this is something most recently that happened with me. So I have, I'm a banker, and I manage a a bank branch, and my branch is closing, and I've been there for 20 years. And I have an option to do pretty much whatever I want, you know, because they want me to keep me there. But um, I remember the day that I found out, and this has been a couple months ago, the day that I found out, that the branch was closing and I found out the date, I just, I, I had to go outside because I couldn't hold myself together. And I called Courtney because I was just a wreck. And I'm like, I have to talk to you. I don't know what is wrong with me, but I can't stop crying. I mean, I felt like I was, I felt like I was dying. And as I was talking to her, I said, and the Holy Spirit showed me, and I said, I know what this is. My whole identity is in what I do. I grew up in the hood of northeast Minneapolis. I didn't have a good home life. I didn't grow up in church. Um, just a lot of really, really bad, awful things that God has healed me from and set me free from. And I, when, as I'm walking with Christ, you know, in the last however many years it was, 
I, I started, you know, feeling better about myself. The more I got to know him, the more, and like things were really good. I just told you how much God has changed me from the four years that I've been with Real Church. Well, a couple of months, I'm like, I don't even know who I am. Like, I don't even know who I am. I was hysterical, was I not? I was hysterical. And I said, the Lord just showed me that my identity isn't what I do. Because I came from nothing. I was a bank teller. That's not nothing, but before that, you know, I came from the bottom. God moved me to the top. And my whole identity was in what I do, which is why work would upset me so much when I didn't perform or when I wasn't at the top of the company or whatever. And I had to make a choice that day because I, I knew that that's what God was doing. I said, Lord, I see this, and I don't want my work. It broke my heart, and I don't want my work to be, my identity be in my work. Did God do a lot in my life? Yeah, he did. Did he show me a lot of who I am in his, him? Absolutely, but he was doing something deeper. He was like, all right, Heidi, you're ready for this, and this is going to be tough. So guess what? When my bank closes, I'm not going to be there. Because I know that he told me, you're going to be done. And I'm like, hold up, God. Like, uh, we got a house to pay for. We got growth. We got all this stuff. What are we going to do? And, but I just had such a peace that I knew it was God, and I walk with him enough, and I can rest on that. And people are like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. It's a wonderful testimony for people in the banking industry because everybody wants to know where you're going. I don't know. You're not staying here? No. What are you going to do? Well, I prayed about it, and I just have a peace. I don't know. I think God has something completely different for me. That's one testimony of the fruit of walking with God. Do I know what he's going to do? No. Am I afraid? I'm not. Was there a time when I was afraid when I would be obedient to God? Absolutely, but I made that choice anyway. Because I said, God, I know you're faithful. I don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do it, but I know that your plan is better than anything that I know. Right? And that's what I want. I want to be in the center of God's will for my life. I want to be doing what he wants me to do. Because if I get afraid and I step in, okay, yeah, I'll take that position, I'm going to miss out. That made me thirsty again. So... He has me walking through a deep season of opportunities to de deny myself and take up his cross and follow him, to trust him. But I have been doing this so much that I know he is always faithful. It's not complicated. The, when I started studying about this and um, getting ready for my message, I'm like, this is really elementary. This is what denying myself, taking up the cross and following him is so elementary. Because all we got to do is look at, turn, open your Bible and look and see what Jesus did. Like all of the other things that we make everything so complicated, look and see what Jesus did and do that. He constantly abandoned all of his self-will and did whatever it takes. That's one of our core values. We want to do whatever it takes for you to know the love of Christ, God and live according to his purpose for you. Is that close? Um, simplicity of the gospel. That's what it is. Look at Jesus. Look at his life. How he loved. How he served. How he handled circumstances. And he had more enemies than any of us ever will. 
he was God, but he was man. When he came on this earth, he left his godly, not authority, because he had the authority in God, but he left his, he, he became man. So everything that he was experienced was the way we experience it. But he knew who he was. Everything that he did was 100% motivated by love. Jesus didn't have anywhere to even live. The Bible said he had nowhere to lay his head. He was here for a purpose. This is not about getting something from him. It's about being transformed by him. Embracing simplicity and childlikeness This is about embracing simplicity and childlikeness. Self feeds on the grand and the glorious. Christ-likeness is childlike and simple. Mariah talked about that a couple of weeks back. Don't be childish. Be childlike. And that's what I was saying. I was like, man, God, this is so simple. Why are we making it so hard? He's like, I don't know. That's why I'm telling you. One of the main things for me, and I'm sharing you my experience, so things might look a little bit different for you, but the first thing is you have to know him. You have to spend time with him. You have to study him like it's the most important thing you've ever done in your life. You have to read the word of God. That is him, and that word isn't word. I meant to bring my Bible up, but that word is not words on a page. It is alive. When you start spending time with him, so here's another testimony. A couple of months ago, I heard a sermon, and I already know this, but I'm like, you know, I spend time talking to the Lord and all of that kind of stuff, but I'm like, I want to be intentional about creating a specific time of day that I just get with Jesus. Now, the way that he wanted me to get with him, I was like, can I do that, God? Because, like, you don't want me in a closet, like, with, on my knees with scriptures on the wall, like, or you don't want, but it was basically in my car, which I already talked to him in my car, but it was like, no, I had to turn off all of my music. I love worshiping on the way to work and stuff, and I had to turn off all my music, and when I'm in my car, I'm intentional about spending that time with him, and sometimes I would talk to him. I mostly would start glorifying him, praising him for who he is. And then sometimes I would just say, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to listen. And I would just listen. I would just sit there and listen, and he would give me so much revelation. He would tell me who to pray for. I would be praising who he was, and then he put a name in my head. And so I'd start thanking God for them. And then as I'm thanking God for them, he would give me a prophetic word to speak over them. And sometimes he would help me. But that's what you have to know who he is. Because if you don't know who he is, you're not going to be able to believe that what he has for you is good. Because he's asking you, he's telling you, he's not asking you, he's telling you to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. But how are you going to do that if you don't trust him, if, if you don't believe him? You have to spend time with him. My, when I was praying, my perspective and my circumstances changed because I was denying my time and giving it to him. When I wanted to do something else, he'd be like, no. And I had a choice. Because I really wanted to turn on the radio, y'all. I love to worship. And that's a holy thing, and that's a good thing. And God is in that. 
but I had to be obedient to him. The next thing is, you have to be obedient. (laughs) Obedience doesn't mean the circumstances are going to change because you are obedient. The circumstances might be the same. They might not change. But God is still good. Following Jesus is going to cost you. He said, take up your cross. In the garden, when Jesus was about to die, he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. That's what it's all about. My husband was an entrepreneur, a businessman, before God called him into full-time ministry. I was, I think I was a bank teller. I was making nothing. And he was a business owner, sold his business, decided to follow Jesus. And the short version, because God redeemed our complete marriage through all of that and everything, is that he had to give up something. He had to give up what was the most important thing to him in the world, and that was being a businessman and being noticed by men. Because he was, and he was good at it. God said, are you going to follow me? And we both said, yeah, that's what God wants. And we gave it all up. And we lost our house. And we lost a car. And we, had a, and we moved. To an, he moved us to another state. He had always lived in South Georgia. I traveled all around, but we left. We left everything that we knew and, and moved. I mean, our furniture was like we had wine crates for end tables. Like, he rid us of everything, and we got so satisfied in that. But I know to this day, if we would have not been obedient to, to, to move, I don't think we would be married right now. I think it was critical for what God did in our marriage and what he began in ministry for the both of us. And I can't imagine, and we say this over and over again because we have a lot of opportunities to make a choice and follow him. I can't imagine if we would have done what we wanted and didn't deny ourselves. Say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you do. But we say yes. And he always, always does. He's, he's never not been faithful. So God might ask you to give up some things. He might ask you to give up a relationship. He might ask you to end a relationship. He might ask you to talk to a stranger on the street. Something like that, I've learned, because I've had to walk through this. When he tells you, Pastor David gives testimony about it all the time. Jerry does. There's so many people that do this. It was uncomfortable for me. But when I, when I started being obedient and doing it, then my whole thought process changed about the whole thing. So he, he was always faithful and understanding the end result is not my problem, it's God's problem. My problem is to be obedient to God, right? So I be obedient to God. I'm like, hey, Jesus loves you. They're like, you're crazy. I'm like, crazy in love with Jesus. But it doesn't matter. But as I was walking in obedience and the different things that made me uncomfortable, my heart started changing. And all of a sudden, I started seeing people, and I'm like, oh, God loves them. I got to tell them. I got to tell them what I know. I got to tell them that he desperately wants them, that he was, they were created for him. It is so weird because that process doesn't work in our real world, but it works in his world. Humiliation. 
This is the essence of Christ's life. The actual death is self the, the actual death part is done by God. Because he said when you're when you when you get saved, you die with him. He does that. And when you raise, you raise. It's not like we're going to have baptism. It's not like I was thinking about this the other, other day. I don't know why. I think I've even looked. I knew what baptism was. But the picture in my mind was like if you're dirty and you get in the water and it washes off. And then you're good. You, you're all clean, smelling good. It is death. Like when you go down, it represents in that water. When you go down, every single thing inside of you dies. You Yourself dies. And when you're raised, you're new in him. You have new life in him. The in him is important. Our job is to humble ourselves. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You can't do this unless you let him lead you. Unless you are in relationship with you. There is not one single thing that I can do today, whether I'm buying, whatever I'm doing, I need to do it in him and let him empower me. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That does not even sound like a choice to me. That sounds like a command. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Jesus served constantly. I just encourage you, try him. See the fruit of serving, of laying down your life, denying yourself. A few weeks ago, um, we, we just had a tough week in this church, and it was and, and my work was really, re- I was short-staffed. It was really physically exhausting. We were, I was physically exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted. And we went to a funeral, Ethan's funeral. And I was so, I mean, I just, I don't even know how I was functioning. And, and Jerry said, babe, why don't you just go home and, and rest? And I said, no, I'm going to go help set up. Because I know when I get there, I'm going to get so energized because I've experienced God do that over and over and over in my life. And when I came here, y'all, it was like the Holy Spirit just, I mean, I was dancing and jumping. If you've ever been here on Friday nights, you need to come. It's pretty fun. I was having the best time. I was so energized. And I learned that because I went to small group. And when I didn't want to go to small group because I had a hard, long day, I would say, nope, I'm going to go. Because I know when I get there, I'm going to be so energized. Every, it does not make sense. Well, really it does, because Pastor David helped me uh, with some scripture on that. Um, John 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So what does food do? It nourishes us, and it energizes us. He is the bread of life. That's why it works. See, we're looking at things from a self-perspective or from experiences that we've always experienced. I have, uh, I deal with a lot of people that aren't so happy when they call the manager of the bank. And some of them are, are not nice. And I would get so offended. And I'd want to be like, Do you, you know, I mean, cussing and doing all of this stuff. 
Well, a couple months ago, this lady called, and oh my goodness, and I just let her go. Nothing rose up in me. And I let her go, and and I said, ma'am, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you. I, my identity, my value was 100% love. And while she, I don't even know what she said, because while she's talking, I'm like, God loves her. Like, I'm not going to respond to this. God loves her. So I did, and then by the end of the conversation, she's like, thank you so much. I just haven't had any. And then I hung that phone up, and I'm like, Jerry. Like, because all the time, like, I'll be trying to talk over him. I'm like, I didn't react like that. But I didn't know how I was, I was going to respond until I was faced with an experience, a circumstance of the world, and I saw the fruit of God coming out of me. That was from spending time with him. That was from being obedient and serving. That was from doing all of the things that I don't want to do. Then recently, this is just, when God starts changing you, you will not even recognize yourself. You won't even know. I didn't even know that was a thing. I said something not nice. I know it's hard to believe that. And one day, everybody's not going to believe that because they're going to be like, oh, I didn't even. But I said something to my husband, to, to my spouse. This is probably going to hit everybody. And it wasn't kind. And it was sarcastic. And it was kind of tearing them down. And as soon as I said it, I went, oh. And I, and I went outside, and I, I just started crying. And he came out here and outside, and he's like, I said, Jerry, I am so sorry. I love you. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. I didn't even, I couldn't even stop it before it came out. In the past, when something like that would have happened, and I made a choice, I would have made that choice. And I, and I still might, sometimes I didn't, but when I did make that choice, it was out of, man, I'm pretty not, you know, this, this was terrible, maybe a little condemnation. You know, I'm apologizing, but don't really want to. But I'm, but I'm doing it because I'm being obedient to God. And that's okay because that's a step. But every time that I didn't feel anything in me and I was obedient to God, and I'm, you know what, Jerry, I love you. And I did. But this time, I, my heart was different. I didn't feel bad because of what I said. I felt bad because I absolutely love him. And I wanted him to know I don't know why I said that, because I love you. It wasn't, I don't know why I said that, because it was mean, and I know I'm not supposed to, and I'm, you know, why am I even an elder? I don't even know how many times. Why are we even an elder? I mean, I just don't even know why. It was because God changed my heart. So God's going to give, we're going to have circumstances. We're going to have all of the circumstances. They may or may not change. But how I choose to walk it out, the decision that I need to make is, am I going to lay my life down like Jesus Christ laid his life down for me? Well, what about me? Well, what about me? What about my needs? What are, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm giving up on this marriage. I'm giving up. I, I'm tired of just being the one following God and serving. I'm giving up. Well, when, when somebody asked me this week, when do, you, when do you call it quits? I said, when did Jesus call it quits? You don't. You serve. You love 100%. But the main point I'm trying to get across here is that I am seeing a Heidi that I have never known. And I think I probably say this every time I have an opportunity to speak. But seeing characteristics and seeing a love that is so foreign and, and seeing myself 
being transformed into the image of God is because I am receiving his love. I am receiving everything that he is, and as he's pouring it into me, I am able to give it out. I can't give out something I, that, I'm, uh, that I'm not receiving. He does what he says he's going to do. His Bible is true, and it's good. And he, and he means every single word. And it's not going to make sense to you. It may not make sense to you. But try him at his word and let him show himself faithful. And you're going to have the greatest experience of experiencing his love. Denying myself, denying ourself is a command of God. If you are his disciple, it's not a choice. You have to deny yourself. And if you're not denying yourself yet, you need to start practicing. You need to start practicing and let him do. Otherwise, I mean, that's what Jesus did. The entire time, that's what Jesus did. He denied himself. I encourage you to just get before the Lord. And, you, and even if you don't understand it, just get before him and say, just like I did with my job, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I, I'm, I'm here to I give you. I give you my life. If I end up having to shack up with somebody, I'm okay with that. Whatever you want, Lord, because that's all that matters. I'm not going to shack up. <laughs> shack up means like if Jerry and I were living with somebody else like in a room in their house. I didn't mean I was going to shack up with. Lord, have my, my mind is so clean, I just don't even think like that. What are you talking about? Anyway, really quick, <laughs> Jerry said, thank you, Pastor. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and said to his disciples, and this is how you're going to do it. All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's your job. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. He is with you always. He will do it all. I want to end with a quote from Dan Moeller that Bart shared with me. Um, following Jesus and denying yourself, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything that you aren't supposed to be. That's all it's going to cost you. The dead man. And he's dead anyway. Um, Jerry, or she, she did this little Facebook thing where she asked a question and, uh, to Jerry, and he'd answer. And, you know, it's one of those little fun things. And it said, if I'm in trouble, who am I with? Jerry said, Courtney Phillips. <laughs> they're, they're like peas in a pod. But it's a powerful message. And I want, I want to just tag on for a second. We're about to do baptism. Um, so Miss Anna, uh, it is time. So if, if you need to get changed, if not, you're good right where you are. And we'll, we'll do baptism here in a second. Oh, I want you to know denying yourself doesn't mean focusing on yourself to see what you can deny. Okay? Denying yourself 
means obedience to Jesus. It means having a relationship with him where you walk with him. And when he tells you to do something, you say, yes, Lord. So your focus has to be Christ, not self. Otherwise, it's just religion. Religion focuses on self and what I can do for God. Relationship focuses on what Jesus has already done and walks with him. The law of the spirit is listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying him when he's what he says, because what he says is law. That's the law of the spirit. So so denying yourself is is not it's it's focusing on Jesus and walking with him in relationship. I love her message. Like the first 20 minutes, she's talking about how she hears God and, and she's just saying like it's normal. Well, for a lot of Christians, that's not normal. And I'll tell you why, because it just takes time listening and obeying. That's it. Day in and day out, hear, faith hears, and then faith believes and obeys. That's it, walking by faith. So if, you, if you're having trouble hearing God and you're like, wow, how did she hear God like that? It's the product of consistent obedience to what he says, stepping out even when it's uncomfortable, which is denying self. It's a relationship. That's it. Christianity is all about denying self because it's all about obeying Jesus. And you can obey him not by your self-effort, but because he put his spirit in you, enabling you by his grace to do what he says. All we have to do is trust. Like her message is so powerful. And that's what it looks like walking this thing out day in and day out. And the other little thing I wanted to, to tag on as the kids and everybody's coming in, we're about to do baptism, is um, people, a lot of people may, it, it might have, maybe it just went over when she said this, or maybe it hit, but you're like, no, nah, that's not possible. When she was talking about, when she was talking about how, you know, she didn't feel like, you know, long day, hard week, everything, and I, I just need to go serve. It wasn't obligation that she went to serve. There's a lot of people, when you serve out of obligation instead of obedience, you're, 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 you're going to get drained. When you serve out of obedience, it's a trust and a faith. That, that's the difference. So Jesus said these words. First, he said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, so reading his word, learning to hear his voice, it's energizing. So one of the things that's energizing is relationship, hearing, hearing him through the word, through relationship. But here's what she was getting at. Second thing. He's at the, the well with the, the lady and um, he ministers to her. She goes back to share the testimony, and the disciples come up and say, hey, you're probably really hungry. And Jesus is like, no, nah, I have food you don't, know, you, don't, you don't know about. And the disciples are like, what? Did he go get like a snack pack or something? Like, did, did he get a Big Mac from McDonald's? Where did you get this food, Jesus? And Jesus says, my food, remember, food gives you energy. My food is to do the will of my father. So you want, do you feel down constantly? Or have you been doing your will and not his? Denying yourself doesn't leave you drained. Denying yourself, doing his will, what he tells you to do, actually energizes you. It gives you the nutrients and the, the energy you need in order to live out the purpose he gave you. It, impi it 
Through obedience, the Holy Spirit empowers you to do what he wanted you to do in the first place, and then you get fulfilled because you're living the life he created you to live. It's beautiful. Amen? Thank you for tuning in today to The Real Church Podcast. I pray that you walk away from today encouraged and with a deeper understanding of how much God loves you. If you'd like to connect with us, we can't wait to reach out to you and pray for you. You can go to www.realchurch.us slash connect. And then also, if you would like to give to what God is doing in and through our ministry, you can do so at www.realchurch.us giving, or you can text any amount to 84321, and then just search in the link that comes up, search for Real Church Clearwater. God bless you, and the best is yet to come.